Rabbi welcome, Ruch Maboyim, Thank you for coming. We welcome all the Torah Anytime viewers. And uh, tonight's the second night of Hanukkah. And we're all familiar with the fact that the Chazal tell us that the miracle of Hanukkah is they came into the Heichal and they could not find pure oil. All the oil had been contaminated, it was all Tameh, it was all defiled. And of course, to do the Avodah, you need to have Tahar oil. They looked, they looked, they searched, they searched, they couldn't find any oil that had not been contaminated until miraculously they were able to come up with one flask of oil. Unfortunately though, that flask of oil was only enough to last for one night. And they used it, and it kept burning and burning and burning and burning, and it lasted for eight nights. And that's how we have a Yom Tif of Hanukkah for eight nights. And there's a very big problem over here. And that is we know that way, the way God operates the world is that He doesn't like to change the laws of nature. When Hashem created the world, He set the laws of nature into place. And God does not like to change them unless He has a good reason. God likes the laws of nature to work their course, to work the way they're supposed to work. The sun rises in the east. In the morning, it sets in the west in the evening. <clears throat> this amount of oil lasts for one day. That amount of oil lasts for two days. That amount of oil lasts for three days. And the question we have to ask is, why was it necessary for God to make this miracle that this little flask of oil that should have only lasted for one day lasted for eight days? Why did God do it? So you say, what do you mean, why did God do it? He needed to do it. We came to the base of Mikdash. We needed to, to do the Avodah. One of the big services in the temple was that every day we lit the menorah and we didn't have oil to light the menorah. Ask the Pnei Yoshua, that's not true we didn't have oil to light the menorah. There was tons and tons of oil all over the Heichal. So you ask, what do you mean? All the oil was Tameh? Says the Pnei Yeshua, don't you know the Halacha? The Halacha is that if the majority of Kla Yisrael are Tameh, if most Jews are defiled, you're allowed to do the avoda in a state of defilement, the It's called Tumah Hotra Betzibor. So if Tumah is Hotra Betzibor, then why did God have to make a miracle that a flask of pure oil lasted for eight days? We could have used Tameh oil, impure oil. There's, why did Hashem have to make the miracle? God doesn't change nature for no reason at all. What He should have done was, we would have uh, taken the oil, we would have seen the, the, the seal was broken, and we should have used it anyway. It was Tameh. But when the majority of Klai saw was Tameh, you're allowed to do the Avoda Bituma. Since they found the first uh. one was it was just pure. So then they cannot, they cannot switch from pure okay, to pure. Okay, so why did God have to make the miracle? Why did Hashem have to make that flask last for eight days? For what purpose? What was the purpose? It was for no reason. Halakhically, it, was not, it did not add anything. Yeah, but they didn't know it's going to last. So they started okay. that because they were looking and they found one. Oh, you're right. I'm not, I'm not asking why they, they found it, so they used tar oil. Fine. Yeah. But why did God make that pure oil last for two days? He didn't have to do it. Okay, so and if He didn't have to do it, God doesn't change the laws of nature just for the fun of it. So for that we have 500 reasons, right? We have, oh, we have 500 reasons for why Hanukkah is eight days and not seven days. <laughs> but there's another, this is a, another major question, and that is, since Thomas, so we're not asking on us, we're asking on God. Why did God have to change the laws? God doesn't change the laws of nature for no reason. You know, um, you know, uh, business wasn't doing so well today. I need some extra cash. The, the, you know, the ceiling opens up. All of a sudden, pots of gold come down. Does it happen? It doesn't happen to me. 
Right. Why? Why? Because God doesn't just change the laws of nature for no reason. So why did God make a miracle that we should, that this pure flask of oil should last for eight days? We could have used tame oil. So you'll say, you'll say, okay, you're right, we could have used tame oil. But isn't it better to use pure oil? No. It's not. It's not any better whatsoever. The law is Thomas. Hutra B'tzibor. Hutra B'tzibor means if the majority of the congregation is Tameh, using Tameh products is just as good and in no way any worse than using pure products. So why did God make the miracle? And we'll add to the question, says the Pnei Yeshua. We know one of the services in the temple was Menachos. What are Menachos? Meal offerings, flower offerings. Now when you make a meal offering, a Mincha, what do you pour into the Mincha? Oil. Let me ask you, Rabbi Sai. When the Kashmiram came back into the base of Mikdash and they brought carbon minchas, carbon minachos, which oil did they use for the carbon mincha? The tummy oil, because tuma is hutra b'tzibur. When the majority of the congregation is tummy, you're allowed to use tummy products. So if they use tummy oil for the mincha, why couldn't they use tummy oil for the menorah? If God felt it's, it's adequate to use tummy oil for the mincha, why was it not adequate for the menorah? Another question that the Noda Behuda raises, if you look at number six, and this is along the same lines, and that is, where do they get flour from to bring a carbon mincha? Well, you think the Yavanim said, we're going to go into the temple and we're going to defile every flask of oil that we see? Well, you think they had something against oil? They said, we're going to defile everything. So where do you think they got flour for the carbon mincha? They used tummy flour that they found in the Beis HaMikdash. When they brought the libations, the nesachim, right? They poured wine on the Mizbeach. Where'd they get wine from? Tummy wine. Right? The Ivanim didn't discriminate. They defiled the oil. They defiled the flour. They defiled the wine. So the same way the Jews used tummy wine and tummy flour and tummy oil... Why did God say, you know what, you're not really in the mood of changing the laws of nature so that the menorah that only is supposed to last one day should last for eight days? Going along with what you said. And yeah. Going along, I'm sorry. Yeah. Going along with what you said, and it was absolutely logically perfect that the oil, the pure oil that was stored, was supposed to become miraculous and supposed to last for eight days. Because everything else was defiled. So since everything else was defiled, so this was the only one. So this was a symbol of that the purity that remained from, from back then, and that's why it lasted that long. Okay, but why did Hashem make that last so long? Why? It wasn't necessary. It takes eight days to make a pure... No, because they knew... It would take that long. Okay, according to some, it takes eight days how about wine? How long does it take to, well, you can make wine in two seconds? No, wine wine takes, even longer. It takes longer, absolutely. Right? Yeah, because and oil doesn't go inside your body. You don't drink it, you don't eat it. Okay. And if once you don't bring it in your body, it doesn't really uh, destroy you uh, spiritually. It means that okay. it's only after that, it's only material. So if anything, we shouldn't have needed pure oil. If anything, no. we should have needed pure wine and but pure flour, but not there. pure oil. The intention was there. The, the, to begin with, there was a good intention. But because of the destruction, what are they going to do anyway? They knew they're going to chase them, they're going to find, they're going to kill them. So as a first, as a start, 
they looked for that. It was a miracle to find the, the Kadashemen over there by okay. itself. It was, okay. That was already but a the, miracle. The question is why why is Hashem making this miracle? For what purpose is it? Uh, I we don't need it. You, you need to, to know when a miracle happened to okay. you, it's God give you Ashgaha Prati. Okay. God hadn't done so and they found it. What do you think they, they felt? Hashem only they makes miracles again for a specific purpose. For a specific purpose. We gotta get out of Mitzrayim. Uh, the sea is in the way, so God splits the sea. God doesn't just make uh, uh, miracles like that. This miracle was halachically not required. Right? We could very well have used tummy oil, the same way we use tummy flour, the same way we use tummy wine. If anything, imagine this. You know, why don't we, instead of having us find uh, pure oil and that oil lasts for eight days, you know what we could have done? We could have used tummy oil every day, fill it up with more tummy oil. And what about the wine? Oh, why didn't God make a miracle with the wine? We didn't have enough wine. We didn't have pure wine. So what does Hashem do? He should make a bottle of wine that only lasted, that could only last one day, last for eight days, and then we'll have Purim for eight days, right? We'll drink wine for eight days. Yeah. What? What's with oil? Yeah, sorry. What I was going to say is, according to some of the things I've read, it's not a question of how long it takes to make the oil. They would have had to travel three and a half days to get it. Unfortunately, they didn't have home deliveries back then. And you have three and a half days to bring it back, plus a day for Shabbos. <coughs> okay, good. But again, they didn't have to get pure oil because they could have used impure oil. Right. Right? So that's what we're going to try to understand. Another thing I want to come back to the very beginning. And that is, God willing, the Shabbos, we're going to lay in a special Haftarah, not the regular Haftarah of Pashas Miketz. We lay in the Haftarah of Shabbos Chanukah, which is, Rani v'simchi b'astiyoin, ki hinen iva v'shachanti b'soichich no'mashem. It's the Haftarah from Sefer Zechariah, or in English, Zechariah, right? If you, meet, if you meet somebody on the street, and they're going to try to show you, show you verses from Zechariah. Okay, by the way, he was, he was white. The original Zechariah was, uh, okay. Anyway. Is anything related to the date, like Kafei uh, and Kafa, because they won the war? Okay. And it, I heard that, you know, Kafei, it's also in Gematria, Begimatria, it's Shem Hashem. Kafei, it's only 25, but in certain uh, levels, it's also Shem Hashem. So. Um, okay, good. But these are all true, but. Why? This miracle, what was the point? What was the point? What was the point? Now on Shabbos Chanukah, we lay in the Haftar, Rani v'simchi ba'asiyon, ki hineni v'shachanti Hashem, and it speaks about a vision of a menorah. Of, in Sefer Zechariah, it talks about Yehoshua the Kohen Gadol. Now what if there are two Shabbos Chanukahs? Very often there are two Shabbos Chanukahs. What do we lean as the Haftar of the second Shabbos Chanukah? We lean from Sefer Malachim, about the menorah of, of Shlomo HaMelech. And you don't have to know too much, but who came first? Zechariah or Solomon? Who came first, Zechariah or Shlomo HaMelech? Shlomo. Shlomo is Malachim, comes before Zechariah. And if so, why is it that if we only have one Shabbos Chanukah, we lane from Zechariah, about the menorah and Zechariah's vision, <laughs> and we leave out from Shlomo, Shlomo comes before Zechariah. And if there are two Shabbos Chanukahs, why do we first lane about the menorah and Zechariah's vision and then the menorah of Shlomo? We know normally we try to do things in order. And Melachim comes before Zechariah. On the first Shabbos Chanukah we should lane the menorah and Sefer Melachim. And the second Shabbos Chanukah we should lane about the menorah and Sefer Zechariah. And this is a question raised by the Rishonim. The Beis Yosef suggests that 
since the prophecy of Zechariah is a prophecy about La'asalavo, about the days of Mashiach, that idea takes precedence, and therefore we lean about, uh, about the menorah in Zechariah even before the menorah of Shlomo Melech. The Kolbo, one of the, another one of the Rishayim said, say that the prophecy of Zechariah took place during the second Beis HaMikdash, and Hanukkah took place during the second Beis HaMikdash. And therefore it's a nevuah more close in time to the miracle of Hanukkah. But we're going to try to explore a different reason, perhaps, why Shabbos Hanukkah, the laning of the Haftarah, is from Sefer Zechariah, Rani Vesimchi Basyon. Because really, honestly, if you look in the, that Haftarah, why do we lean it on Hanukkah Bechlau? Because it says the word menorah? Oh, it says the word menorah! Okay, so we're going to lean it on, on Hanukkah. The mention of menorah over there has nothing to do with Hanukkah. It has not, the whole Haftarah has nothing to do with Hanukkah because it says the word menorah? Yeah, and if it's you know, it's not it's not talking about Hanukkah. The the menorah was something lit in the in the, the Beis Hamikdash. We don't lean Parshas Truma on Hanukkah just because it says it talks about the menorah. So why exactly do we lean this Haftorah on Hanukkah? <clears throat> if you look in your Chumashim, if somebody could bring some Chumashim, <clears throat> anybody remember where in the Torah does it talk about the Yamim Tovim? What's the parsha in the Torah about the Yamim Tovim? Emar, very good. Parshas Emar. In Parshas Emar, first it talks about, it talks about Pesach, it talks about Shavuos, it talks about Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. Does it explicitly talk about Purim? No, obviously not, because Purim is only Medjabanan, right? And yet, the Sefer Rokeach points out, you want to take a look in Parshas Emar, We're on page page six ninety, page six ninety. Look in Parshas Emar. Right after the Torah talks about the various Yom Tovim, Perk Chav Dalid, Pasuk Aleph, Vayedaber Hashem Moshe Lemar. God spoke to Moshe saying, "Tzavas Bnei Yisrael, command the Bnei Yisrael, Yikhu Elecha Shemen Zayis Zach." You wanna please open the window? Yeah. I want to open some windows. It says, You should take for yourself uh, pure oil. Right? Take for yourself pure oil. Says the Rokeach, it talks about all the Yom Tovim. It talks about Rosh Hashanah. It talks about, uh, it talks about Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. Where's Hanukkah? Okay, Hanukkah is only Midrah and Obviously, the Torah is not going to talk about Hanukkah. Nevertheless, right after all the Yom Tovim, what does it say? It talks about taking the pure oil for the menorah. That's a remez to Hanukkah right after the parsha of the Moadim. In other words, first it talks about the Yom Tovim that are biblical, that are Midoraisa, and then it hints, it hints to Hanukkah. Okay? Says the Rokeach, say Rokeach is one of the Rishonim, Rabbi Lazar Migar Meiza. He says, look, in Pasuk Beis it says, Tzavis B'nei Yisrael, V'yikhoilach Hashem and Zayisach, Kasis Lamar Lahalos Ner Tamid. Ner. How many candles? Ner. One candle. And then if you look in Pasik Dalid, Alha Menorah Torah Yaraches Haneros, candles. This is a remez to Hanukkah. The first night, Ner. Future nights, Nerot. Says the Rokeach, like this. If the last Yom Tov discussed in the Torah was Sukkis, and the next Yom Tov the Torah alludes to is Hanukkah. 
You know why Hanukkah is eight days? Because just like Sukkot is eight days, and the next Yom Tif, the Torah is Merames, is Hanukkah, Hanukkah is also eight days. Says Rokeh more. Just like Sukkot is the only Yom Tif that you say Hallel Shalem, a whole Hallel. So to Hanukkah you say Hallel Shalem, you say a whole Hallel. Because Hanukkah is alluded to right after Sukkot. Oh, come on. Well, what does Hanukkah have to do with Sukkot? But because there's like a hint in the Torah to Hanukkah right after Sukkot, so therefore they both have the same amount of days and the same halachas regarding saying halal. What connection is there between Hanukkah and Sukkot? And we'll add to that, Rabbi Isai, on the first night of Hanukkah we lit how many candles? One. One. Tonight we lit? Two. Two. When Mashiach comes, if Mashiach would have come tonight, how many candles would we light tonight? All of it. Yesterday we would have lit eight. Tomorrow and tonight we will lit seven. Why? Because when Mashiach comes, we'll pass in like Beishamai. And Beishamai says, you go down. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Says the Gemara Beis Hillel says, you go up. Why? Malin, Bekoidesh, Vein, Maridin. You always go up in Kedusha. Beishamai says, you go down. Why? Says Beishamai. Because when you bring Karbanos on Sukkis, you bring 14 bulls, then 13, then 12, then 11, then 10. So just like on Sukkot, you go down, so to on Hanukkah you go down. Uh, yeah, well, my, as they say in French, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China, right? What does that got to do with anything? Oh, because the, 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 the carbonos on Sukkot go down, so therefore Hanukkah go down. Yeah, and also when I go to my grandmother's house and I go down the steps, I go down the steps, so therefore Hanukkah I should go down. I mean, what does that got to do with anything? Right? Whoa, whoa. Since, when do we, since when do we invoke the bulls of Sukkot to determine how you like Hanukkah menorah? I mean, what does one thing got to do with the other? Plus, if you look in the book of the Hashemonoim, which is not part of the Tanakh, was not allowed to be put in Tanakh for certain and very important reasons, nevertheless, it has certain, it's a historical account of Hanukkah. And if you look in the Sefer HaChashemonoim, it says that when the Chashmonam finally rededicated the Beis HaMikdash in the Mizbeach, by the way, I'll tell you very, something very interesting, right? There's a very big mitzvah on Hanukkah, right? To have jelly donuts, right? It's a very important mitzvah. It's a minag, right? It's a custom. So Shalom Azam and Orbach writes, where does this custom come from? Because so he says, you want to make an alamichya on Hanukkah. Why do you want to make an alamichya on Hanukkah? Because what, what did the Yivanim do? They, they uh, defiled the Mizbeach. They were meshakets from his back. They made it into idol worship. And therefore, we want to say a tefillah that, that asks Hashem for the restoration of the Mizbeach. Now, in Birchus Hamazon, in Benching, you don't say anything about the Mizbeach. In Al we ask God to restore the Mizbeach. The Al Mizbechacha, the Al Echalacha. So he says that's why we eat jelly donuts. This way we can make an Al and we can daven for the restoration of the Mizbeach. Okay. So you can have big kavanas when you have the jelly donuts. You want Hashem to restore that. Anyway, Latkes, oy. I don't know if we're, we could reveal all the such secrets in one night. <laughs> what? No, Okay, so Rabbi, if you look in the book of the Chashmonayim, it says something very interesting. That they came out of the caves and they said like this. They said, Baruch Hashem, we're able to dedicate the, Mizb- the Beis HaMikdash again. You know what we need to do? We need to make a yomtif like the yomtif of Sukkot. That's what they said. If you look at number nine, it says, 
We're going to celebrate now eight days like the Yom Tov of Sukkot. I mean, why don't they come out of their caves and say, you know, let's make uh, Shavuos, Pesach, seven days. Well, it's Sukkot. What? Let's have a Sukkot. Look what it says. Let's take our Ravos. Anfei Eitz Avos, Hadasim, Anfei Hadar, and Esrog, the Kapos Tamarim. I mean, what, what, did they, did they get confused what month it was? Why are they saying, we're going to come out of the caves and celebrate a Yom Tov like Sukkot? What does Sukkot have to do with anything? Purity, it's also the purifying the, it says, purifying the Mizbeach. Okay, so. so it's the same idea with the, with the pure oil. Once you're using pure oil, you, you like purifying again the whole thing after the destruction. Okay, good, you're barking up a good tree over here. Yeah. Sukkot is viewed as a Thanksgiving holiday. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that uh, we're saying thanks to Hashem for everything that He did for us. And they came out of the caves, they too would want to say thanks, you know, thanks for what was done. Okay, good. Sukkot is a that's very relevant to Hanukkah. What do the Yivanim want to do? What do they want to do? Destroy the, to destroy three mitzvahs. They're out against three mitzvahs, right? Everybody knows. What, what, what were they? Rosh Chodesh, Mila, Shabbos. Chodesh, Mila, Shabbos. And yet, if you look in them, and that's what it says in Megillus Antiochus. There's also another document called Megillus Antiochus. It was not allowed into the Tanakh. Certain communities, they had a custom to read it on Hanukkah. There's a Tosis Rid, I believe, in Masech Sukkah that talks about it. And if you look in Masech uh, Megillus Antiochus, look at number 11. Megillus Antiochus, it says, the Yivanim said, let's go up against them. We're going to nullify the covenant. The three-parted covenant. And yet, if you look in the Medrash, now one mention is made of this, these Gzeros. If you look in the Medrash, the Medrash says one thing that the Yivanim did. On the Pasuk and Bereshus that says, these are referring to the four Galusim, the four exiles. Choshech refers to Greece. In what way was Greece darkness? Because they darkened our lives. By doing what? <coughs> Says the Medrash, Shahoisa Oimeres Lohem, they would say to Klai Yisrael, Kisfu Akeren Ashar, ride on the horn of an ox. That you've lost your connection to God. That's all the Medrash says. The Medrash, do you see anything about Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh here? No. Anything about they said you can't keep Shabbos? No. Anything about Brismila? No. What did they say? Take out your ox and write on it, you're not connected to God. So just on a very simple level, you know what that would be? That would be like nowadays, no, when you go outside and you're driving your Lexus, your BMW, I want you to write on your license plate, Right? You and, you and God are, you know, split. X, you know, that's it. You're over. Right? The Shorah of those days, that was the way they traveled. And 
This was the greatest advertisement you could build. It's like putting a sign on your front door. You and God have no connection. But it's very interesting that while in Megillah Santiochus we find that the Jewish people were forced to abolish Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh Emilah, in the Medrash there's no reference to that. All it says is we have to ride on the horn of an ox. We're not connected to God. And what we want to try to understand is why does the Medrash not say anything about Chodesh Milah and Shabbos? And what was the deeper meaning of the Yavanim telling us to ride on the horn of an ox that we are no longer connected to God? Comes the Chidah. Okay. Nachman, you might know this Chidah. But the Chidah comes and says like this. Okay, right? This, this week's parsha is what? Miketz. Yosef HaTzadeh comes to Paro and he says, Mr. Paro, I want Paro to appoint administers over the land. Prepare Eretz Mitzrayim. Rashi says, Supply them. Prepare them. Prepare the land. <coughs> says the Chida, on a, deeper, on a deeper level, Yosef was not just saying to prepare Mitzrayim by storing up food. But the word Vechimesh Chodesh, Mila, Shabbos. Yosef wanted to institute in Mitzrayim Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. V'chimesh asaretz Mitzrayim. Why these three mitzvahs? Says the Chidah, these three mitzvahs have a common denominator. You know what they are? These are the three mitzvahs that cause God's Shechina to rest among us. Now, what does that mean? What is Shechina? What does it mean? What is a Shechina? There's one God, right? Hashem's everywhere. Hashem is here. Hashem is there, right? Even Uncle Moshe says, Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere, right? By the way, even though the Vilna Gaon disagrees with that statement of Uncle Moshe, but that's a different discussion. But Uncle Moshe is paskening like the Balatanya. But the Gran, Sefer Yeshayo, disagrees that Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is truly everywhere. As the Vilna Gaon says, is Hashem in the Beis HaKisei? So the Vilna Gaon says, Hashem's not everywhere. Hashem's in the, in the garbage can. Chas v'shalom. So how can we say Hashem is there? But this, this, by the way, this Nakuda, this point, is the main disagreement between Hasidim and Misnagdim. But, the, but, but everything in the world is, is with Hashem spirit, you know? Everything, everything connected together with Hashem spirit. Without, without Hashem, nothing is going to be. If Hashem isn't in the basic Kisei, then someone can go into the basic Kisei and do an over <laughs> Doesn't mean Hashem doesn't know what's going on over there. But the question is, where is Hashem? No. You're over here. I'm here. Does that mean I can't see you? And I don't know what's doing on the other side of the table? I'm not there. I know what's doing over there. I see, I understand, but I'm not there. Says the Vilna Gaon, Hashem is not everywhere. Kavaydai, but not Malay Hashem. And this is one of the reasons why the Vilna Gaon disagreed vehemently with the early Hasidim. But this is a separate discussion. And if Shimon Shwab learns that this machlokis is not just a machlokis between the Hasidim and the Messiah, it's actually a machlokis between the Srafim and the Chayos HaKodesh. Some say, Kadash Kadash Malay Kalaharetz Kavaydai. And some say, Baruch Kavad Hashem Mimakaymai. Hashem is only Mimakaymai. Okay. But this is a separate discussion. Anyway, that there's a concept of Shekhinah. Shekhinah means, on a very superficial level, God is everywhere. 
but his divine providence, his hashkacha pratis, his special love, sometimes is concentrated in certain areas. For example, if you would stay at home this morning, you couldn't lean the Torah. Why not? I want to lean. The answer is, to lean the Torah, you need ten Jews. Why? Because ten Jews brings down the Shekhinah. And if you have nine Jews, if you have the Gadol Hadar, he can't lean. If you have the nine Gadol Hadar, they can't lean. If you have nine Gadol Hadar and a, a murderer, adulterer, mamzer, Baalash and Hara, he brings down the Shekhinah, something that these nine Gadol Hadar couldn't do. So there's a concept, there's Shekhinah, God's divine presence. Says the Chida, there are three mitzvahs specifically that bring down the Shekhinah. And that is Rosh Chodesh, like we say every Rosh Chodesh. What do we say? Amar Abaye, Elmole Loizachel Yisrael Ela Lehakbil Penei Avim Shabashemayim Pamaches Bechodesh Dayim. When we go out to greet the new moon, we are greeting the Shekhinah. Shabbos, Veshamunei Zazal Zazal Ledoiroi Sam. Ledoiroi Sam could also be read Ledira Sam. When you keep Shabbos, you bring God into your home, brings the Shekhinah. Mila brings the Shechina. That's the common denominator of these three um, mitzvahs. Yosef HaTzadik knew that what did Hashem tell Yaakov? Yeah, Hashem told Yaakov, you're going to go down to Mitzrayim, I will come with you, and I will come out with you. How could we ensure that God's going to come down to Mitzrayim with us and take us out? These are the three mitzvahs we got to do. Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. This was the institution of Yosef HaTzadik, the Chimei Shesaretz Mitzrayim. Come the Yivanim, and the Yivanim also say that if we want to defeat the Jews, we got to disconnect them from their God. And the way they're connected to their God is by them bringing God down to, into their lives. How? Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. So what do the Yivanim do? They were Mavatel Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. In effect, by doing that, what did they make us feel? We were not connected to God. Why did they make us ride on the horn of an ox? Because who's the ox? Yosef HaTzadik is called Bechar Shoro Hadalo. Yosef is alluded to by the ox. So what the Yivanim were saying is, you take your ox, you take Yosef HaTzadik and toss it. These were not two different things. Right on the horn of an ox that you have no share in God. And then, Bimavatel Chodesh Milan Shabbos. It was one thing. Bimavatel Chodesh Milan Shabbos. By doing so, what are you doing? You're in effect taking what Yosef HaTzadik did, of Echimei Shesaretz Mitzrayim, this week's parasha, and you're removing it. Okay? So that was the intention of the Ivanim. The intention of the Ivanim was, Yosef wanted to institute Chodesh Milan Shabbos. The Ivanim wanted us to feel that we're no longer connected to God. How did they do that? How do you know these stuff is actually bring the Shekhinah to them? How did the Ivanim know the Chida? No, they know the Shekhinah is the three things. How do we know these three no, things? How they know. How they know. Oh. They, they, they make us... Three things bring the Shekhinah. No, I mean, they, the Chodesh, they, they knew. And, uh, they, they definitely knew. They definitely... They actually, you know, they said these three <coughs> things they're going to do. The Jewish spies. I don't know. Either you could say that of all the nations in the world, I'll just say something very briefly, very, very interesting. When Daniel had a vision of the four Golosim, he saw, if anybody remembers, we discussed this many months ago, he saw the Babylonians as which animal? A lion. He saw the... He saw the um, Persians were a bear, right? The hairy bear. 
And uh, Greeks were, anyone remember? Leopard. Sa says the Maral, something amazing. The Maral says, why a leopard? If you look through the Gemara, of all the Umos who try to make Gezeros against us, none try to be us from the Torah. None try to make us forget the Torah, except for the Greeks. Why? Why weren't the Persians or the uh, Babylonians interested in making us forget the Torah? They had no connection to the Torah. They had no... The Torah was something beyond them. They didn't even understand what the Torah was. And if you don't understand what it is, what do you care if the people are learning it or not? The Greeks were the only nation that had a connection to wisdom. Like we find, the Greeks commissioned 70 sages to translate the Torah into Greek. The only language you're allowed to write a Sefer Torah in other than Hebrew is Greek. Yaftelokim liyefes. Because of Yefes. Yefes, right? So the Greek of all the nations of the world, they had the greatest wisdom. Now if someone, imagine like you're walking down the street and you see the king, you see someone marries the princess. You're jealous of the guy? No. Nobody, you had no connection. Why would, why would you ever be able to marry the princess that you should be jealous of someone who marries the princess? No connection to her. But someone who had the opportunity to marry the princess and he lost out on it to some other guy, he's going to be jealous. You're only jealous of something that you think you really could have got. So the Greeks, because of their natural disposition to wisdom, that's why they wanted us to make us forget the Torah. Because the Torah was something they could relate to, and they understood it was greater than their wisdom, and they were jealous of it. And therefore, why are they compared to the leopard? Because in order to acquire wisdom, which character trait do you need to have? Chutzpah. Ein habayshan lamed. A someone who's shameful can't learn. Why? Because sometimes you hear a shir, you hear a dvartar, you hear something, you don't really understand it. So either you could say, oh yeah, whatever, I, yeah, basically I get it. Well, I'm going to go ask the Rebbe, explain to me what this word means. He's going to think I'm like, uh, he's going to think I'm uh, not smart or something. So okay, I'll leave it be. But someone who is chutzpah, he said, what are you talking about? Right? Or the rabbi says something. It doesn't make any sense. He doesn't, the rabbi doesn't, right? Maybe he, he doesn't know what he's talking about. So you go, rabbi, what in the world did you just say? It doesn't make any sense. If you want wisdom, you need to have some chutzpah. Even though the Mishnah in Perki Avos that says, have a, uh, which animal is the most chutzpahdik? The leopard. <clears throat> now, I don't know if this is uh, nowadays scientifically proven, but at least in the times of the Mishnah, a namer, a leopard, so I don't know if namer is really a leopard, but at least in Mishnaic Hebrew, the namer, a leopard, is the product of a lion and a pig. Mm. Look in the Bartanura on the Mishnah in Perki Avos. It's the most chutzpahdik animal. It's a mamzer. And I was in a mamza, it's a mamza from a pig. So it has real chutzpah. It's a real, uh, it's a very audacious animal. So have az kanomer. You want Torah? You need to be bold like a leopard. You got to pursue it. You can't be shameful. Even though the Mishnah goes on to say, az panim legehenim. Someone who has chutzpah is going straight to you know where. So how do you reconcile the two? The answer is, if you're a chutzpah dika guy, you're going to you know where. But there's one tiny small amount of chutzpah necessary and you have to use it in a small area and that is pursuing Torah. That means like this, in every other aspect of life you have to be shameful, bashful, shy. When it comes to Torah, there's no shyness. You push right ahead.
You go to the front. It's not. We're not talking about uh, pushing. I, mean, I don't mean to push other people away. It's mean not to be not to be shameful, not to be shameful. That's why, by the way, a mida. What does mida mean? Measurement. There's no such thing as a good mida or a bad mida. It's what needs to be measured out in this in this situation. Normally, shameful, shyness, bashfulness comes to trying to understand Torah. So, and therefore, that's why Greek, Greece is compared to which animal? The leopard. Yeah, okay, that's just an aside. So, therefore, what? The Jews started to feel, Rabosai, that in fact, God was not with them anymore because they lost Chodesh Milan Shabbos. And without Chodesh Milan Shabbos, then what happens? No Shechina. And we started to feel that we have no connection to God. So, Hashem says, I got to do something about that. There is one part of the Beis HaMikdash that is edos, is testifies to the world that God's Shekhinah is amongst us. It says the Gemara in Shabbos. Why did they light the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash? What, God can't see? He needs a flashlight in the Beis HaMikdash? Come on. Well, why do we have to light the menorah? Does God need the light? Says the Gemara in Shabbos. It, God doesn't need the light. But there was a special miracle in the, with the menorah. And the miracle was they lit the, the Ner Ma'aravi, the westernmost candle. Either it was the leftmost candle or the middle candle. It's Machlokas and Gemara and Shabbos. And that candle was the first candle that was lit and it lasted longer than any of the other candles. It was a miracle because all the candles had the same amount of oil and that candle lasted the longest. What did that show, says the Gemara and Shabbos number 14? The menorah represented that God doesn't rest among the Chinese, the Japanese, the Italians, the Americans. The Shechina only rests on the Jewish people. That's the point of the menorah. The miracle with the menorah is God's interest is only with us. He's only interested in us. Increase them. His... his and because, what have, what the Greeks make us feel? They took away Shabbos, Mila, and Rosh Chodesh, which are the mitzvahs that bring the Shechina, and they thereby took away our connection to the Shechina, and they made us feel, Ein lanu chelek Yisrael, that the Shechina is not among us. So God wanted to do a miracle to demonstrate the Shechina is still here. And especially, the Pnei Yeshua writes, that even though we know the Ner Ravi was never extinguished, but already right before the period of Hanukkah, it started to flicker and dim and go out at some times, which increased the Jewish people's feeling that, in fact, the Shechina was no longer among us. So because the decrees of the Greeks were to make us feel the Shechina is no longer among us, halachically, did we need tahar oil? No. The same way we used impure flour and impure wine, and impure oil for the menachos, we've, halachically, we were permitted, and even required, to use tame oil for the menorah. But the miracle for the menorah was needed for a different reason. You know what the miracle was needed? To show the Shechina had returned. Because the Greeks, since the menorah is that item in the Beis HaMikdash, that testifies the Shechina is among us. And the Yivanim wanted to abolish that. How? By being mevatel v'chimesh, chodesh milan Shabbos. So therefore, God wanted to make a miracle to demonstrate the mir- that the Shechina returned. 
So now when you make a yamtif to determine to demonstrate that the Shekhinah returned, if anybody remembers, we celebrate the yamtif of Sukkis to commemorate the clouds of glory. And the famous question is, we should sit in the sukkah in Nisan time, in the spring. Why do we sit in the sukkah sukkah time? So what did the Vilna Gon say? Since we celebrate sukkah <coughs> for returning of the cloud. Ah. So the same way we celebrate Hanukkah for returning the, the flame of the... Ah. Because of the Vilna Gon says the yamtif of sukkah is not commemorating clouds because the clouds came in Nisan. It's commemorating the fact, and I'm going to tell you that when we left Mitzrayim, we had clouds. That was the Shekhinah. Anani HaKavod. The Kavod of who? Kavod of the Shekhinah. And when we sinned with the Egel, says the Vilna the clouds went away. And Klaisro started to feel what? The Shekhinah was not among us. And then Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the first day of Elo to Davin, to forgot to forgive us, and he came down 40 days later on Yom Kippur, and God said the magical words, Salachli Kidvarecha, you're forgiven. And yet the Shekhinah did not come back, and the Jews were devastated. And Moshe gave them the command to build the Mishkan on the 11th of Tishrei, and they brought donations, Baboker, Baboker, the 12th and the 13th, the 14th of Tishrei, Vayikaleha, they stopped bringing. And the 15th of Tishrei, the Shekhinah returned, and for the ter- return of the Shekhinah, how many days of Yom Tif did they make? Eight days. With what kind of Hallel? Hallel Shalem. So therefore, in the times of Hanukkah, what are we celebrating? A miracle? Not celebrating a miracle. Because we didn't need the miracle. Right? The same way, Sukkot is not a celebration of Anani Yaakov, it's a celebration of the return of the Shekhinah. So Hanukkah is not a celebration of the miracle. The miracle was pointless and useless. The, the celebration is the return of the Shekhinah. Ah, oh, you're celebrating return of the Shekhinah. What kind of Yom Tif do we need to enact? Eight days. What do we need to do? Halel Shalem, just like on Sukkot. Where is Hanukkah alluded to in the Chumash? Right after the Yom Tif of Sukkot. You should take for yourself pure oil. Pure oil. Because this is how you bring the Shekhinah? Or because this is... Because the Yom Tif of Hanukkah is a celebration of the return of the Shekhinah, which was, de- which was uh, declared by the fact that a miracle happened with the menorah. The same way the Ner Maravi, the fact that it miraculously always burnt, was a symbol of God's Shekhinah among Klai Yisrael. So to this miracle in the menorah, this was a very similar to the miracle of the Ner Maravi. It was lighting one candle. It should have only lit for one night, and it lasted for eight nights. This was, in, ev- in effect, a, retur- a demonstration of God showing His Shekhinah still among us. So the Yom Tif of Hanukkah is very much connected to the Yom Tif of Sukkot. And I'll just add, I was thinking right now, that we know the three Yom Tovim, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, Pesach is connected Avraham Avinu, because Avraham... Avraham uh, why again? Because, right, because the Malachim came to Avraham on Pesach, Lushi, Vasi, Ugos. Yitzchak is Keneget Shavuos because the shofar sound of Harsina was from the shofar of Yitzchak. And Yaakov is Keneget Sukkot because the Torah says, V'yaakov Nasa Sukosa. Yaakov Avinu passed away on Sukkot. They mourned Yaakov how many days? 30 days days until... (coughs) 
They mourned him 30 days and they embalmed him 40 days, a total of 70 days. 70 days after the first day of Sukkot is Hanukkah. Says Chsam Soifer, just remembering now, that Yaakov Avinu, so the Yamtif of Sukkot, which is, which is the Yamtif of Yaakov, nevertheless, Hanukkah, which is a, was the, Sukkot is the model of Hanukkah. In other words, when they, uh, when they enacted Hanukkah, they used Sukkot as the model. How do we make a Yamtif? Sukkot. Why? Because these are both Yom and Tobim that, that what? Represent the return of the Shekhinah, connected by the Petira of Yaakov Avinu and the final, the final 70th day after the Petira of Yaakov Avinu. Right. Yes. So we celebrate Sukkot for returning the Ananekabu. Right? So we celebrate Hanukkah for returning the, 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 ner, the Ner Maravi. maravi that the return of the Shekhinah. Uh-huh. The return of the Shekhinah. The same way the miracle with the menorah, the Ner Maravi, represented that God's Shekhinah is among us. Similar, this miracle is a very similar miracle to the miracle of the Ner Maravi. It was in the menorah, and it was also a miracle of oil, which really should not have lasted so long, continuing to burn. So, so that is why... Yeah. Just for, for uh, an idea. Uh, so if the oil was uh, the, the tool of purification and bring the Shekhinah, calling the Shekhinah to come and show us that, you know, we're still here, I'm coming back, what was the tool in the Sukkot? The Shach or the... The Anani Akava, the clouds of glory that came back to the Jewish people on Sukkot. They left by the Chet yeah, But here you put a purified oil This was just the miracle came. But over there, what, what was... What did the Jewish people do? No, no, what was the parallel to the oil in the Sukkah? The, the, Jews, the Jews built the Mishkan, and then the Shekhinah came down. They built the Mishkan, and then that made the Shekhinah come down. Now I just want to... Oh. So now we could say, I believe I once saw this in a Sefer, I think from Rav David Cohen, I believe. When the, what did the Yivanim want us to do? They said, write on the horn of an ox that you have no chilek for the case round. We said in the beginning from the Chidah, that what they meant was Yosef HaTzadik, who was the Shar, and he instituted Chodesh, Mila, and Shabbos. They said, go take Yosef and... Deeper meaning. They made us ride on the horn of the ox. What was the Shar? The Egel. The Egel is called the Shar in Tehillim. Betavna Shar, Ochal Esav. They said, you think the Shekhinah is among you? Nah! You guys are just like in the times of the Chedo Egel. Just like when you built that Shar, the Shekhinah departed... When you're sinning now, the Shekhinah has also departed. They said, go take an axe and write, you have no chilek in God. In other words, they were re- bringing up again. They were drumming up the sin of the ego. That's why they said, ride on the horn of an axe. So the same way the Yavanim were drumming up the sin of the ego, when we celebrate the miracle, just like after the sin of the ego, they instituted sukkah, so to... During this period of time, we instituted Hanukkah as a parallel to sukkah. says, Veshamai. Should you go up in the candles or go down in the candles? The same way in the Karbanos of Sukkis. Where are you going? What does Sukkis got to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything. Because this is the Yom Tif that we're trying to celebrate. How do we, ce- how do we celebrate the return of the Shekhinah? Says Beishamai, we have to look at Sukkis. If we celebrate return of Shekhinah by bringing the Parim 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, so on Hanukkah also we have to go down, 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 down. And that is the reason why Hashem specifically made a miracle with the menorah. Halachically, was it necessary? No. Did it accomplish anything halachically? No. 
with the same way we could have used the same way we used tame wine and tame flour and tame oil for the menachos, we could have used tame oil for the menorah. But God wanted to show something. The Yavanim say you have no share in God. Hashem says, My Shechina is back amongst you, and that's why they're Masaki in a Yamtif similar to Sukkis, eight days with a hollow shalem, a Baisai, a Freilich and Chanukah.